Chapter 1 The bags were packed, the hired shares waited outside. It remained only to sit through the headmistress's parting speech, and Miss Melody Morley Ashton would be free. After ten years of enforced education, Melody had learned patience, along with grammar and globes, dance steps and deportment. She sat in perfect dignity and composure, her back straight, her fine green eyes lowered in respect, prepared to swallow Miss Meadows's own blend of tea, far superior to that served the students, along with the old windbag's own brand of niggling nastiness. Miss Meadow was small in stature, smaller in mind, and smallest of all in human kindness, according to the students at the Select Academy for Young Ladies, located outside Bath, which Melody would soon be leaving praise be. All young things must eventually leave the nest, the dumpy little matron recited, waving her pudgy hands around. They must try their wings, take to the air. The young woman on the other side of the desk still wore a demure smile, wondering if old Meadowlark was going to have her digging for her own worms before she was at last excused. Of course, you are a trifle underage. We do prefer our young ladies to attend classes until they are eighteen. Those final courses in decorum are so crucial, don't you know? Miss Ashton knew it nearly broke Miss Meadows' knit-farthing heart to return the unused tuition. As for the roll of guineas now wrapped in a handkerchief secured in Melody's reticule, tears had almost come to Miss Meadows' beady little eyes at having to hand over the money set aside for a student's incidental expenses. And yet, I do not feel I need worry about you casting shadows on the school's fine reputation. As I wrote to your dear mamma, you have been one of our least troublesome, uh, best students. True, your musical abilities will never grace a drawing room, but that cannot be held against the school now, can it? She tittered. Melody tilted her head, her thick chestnut curls braided neatly into a coil at the back of her proudly held neck. She remembered agonizing, humiliating hours of practice, and folded her hands in her lap. No, as I told your mother, now that you have matured past a tendency to show inordinate temper, you are not one of the flighty girls with all their fits and starts, who are no more suited to make an early debut in the temps than the cook's pot girl. I would be embarrassed to have some of them pitchforked into the haute monde. Poor reflection on the academy, don't you know? Miss Meadow plopped another almond tart into her pouched cheeks. When your mother wrote that she wanted to introduce you at some small local gatherings and a house party or two before the season officially started, I was not terribly concerned. After all, you will not be alone and untutored if you find yourself at a loss in the wider range of polite society. Your mother will be there to guide you, and you must consider yourself fortunate indeed. Your mamma turned out to be a fine lady, after a regrettable beginning, of course. Ah, so there was to be a final examination after all. Miss Ashton bit down on her pride and temper, while Miss Meadow bit down on a macaroon. Melody nodded, her outward composure not touched by the gratuitous innuendo. Not after ten years. She returned Miss Meadow's squinty black stare with a cool green gaze. As you say, only the most narrow-minded of gossips would reflect on an age-old scandal. And Mother has certainly proven her gentility a hundredfold, not merely by being a cherished member of society, but with her truly noble charitable acts. Running an entire orphanage by herself, since Aunt Judith passed on, 
to say nothing of making a life for herself and her daughter with the passing of my father and staying loyal to his memory, I shall try very hard to live up to her good name. Yes, Miss Ashton was mature beyond her seventeen years. If she could not be rattled by mention of the family's dirty linen, she would have no problems with those haughty Almax patronesses and those other high-in-the-instep keepers of the ton whose approval was so necessary for a girl's success on the marriage mart. Your own loyalty does you proud, my dear. Just maintain your values and the lessons we have drummed, uh, imparted to you. And do not let yourself be infected with all those romantic notions harem-scaring young girls are so prone to. Novels, she shuddered at the word, put more foolish ideas in more empty heads than a hundred teachers can displace in a lifetime. I am sure you will not succumb to such dire temptations. Miss Ashton crossed her fingers and, 